Hey, this is Matt McCool here, one of the lead pastors at Takeover Church, and we are so excited that you are listening to this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it challenges you to continue on in this journey of faith of following Jesus. And we want to let you know we also have services every single Sunday at 5 p.m., complete with Takeover Kids and a free cafe. It's a good time. We want to invite you and your friends and your family all on out on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Thanks again for listening to this message. Hope you have a great day. All right, how we doing? That was an absolutely incredible, incredible offering message. Thank you so much for that, Zach. That was really tough. But uh, yeah, tonight uh, I have the amazing honor and privilege of not preaching tonight, but getting poured into, and I'm very excited because by one of my best friends, one of my closest brothers, and a guy that Adrian and I have seen just grow leaps in bounds, in maturity, uh, following the Holy Spirit, all these other things, just as a man in general, getting his house in order, all of these things. And uh, each time he preaches, it's a real privilege, and uh, we're just so excited for everything that Scott Fletcher brings to this church. So friends, would you join me in welcoming Scott up to bring a message from week two
financial loss, any of that, like us as humans, we all experience loss. And when we experience loss, the way that we respond to that is incredibly important. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, I want you just to kind of think about that as I, as I continue, because I want to walk us through the Gospel of John, and more specifically, uh, John chapter 11 and the story of Lazarus. Yeah. And I'm not going to assume that everybody knows the story of Lazarus, so I'll kind of give you a little uh, spark note, a little, little bit before we start, okay? But basically, uh, the summary is that Lazarus is a guy that gets, he gets ill, he gets very sick, uh, to the point where he's on the brink of death. His sisters send some people to tell Jesus, hey, your boy Lazarus is, is not feeling too good, could, could potentially die here. Jesus heads over to where Lazarus is at. By the time he gets there, Lazarus is already dead. And Jesus goes to the tomb where he is, falls to him, and spoiler alert, he raises him up from the dead. Okay? He brings him back to life. And the story of Lazarus has, has always been kind of incredible to me, uh, simply because of the idea of somebody being completely lifeless and dead and then being brought back to life, I think it's fascinating. But I think in the day and age that we live in, I think that we can kind of overlook that a little bit. We don't, we don't really get like how much weight is in this story because yeah. we think about all the medical advances that we've made where people, uh, doctors, EMTs, have devices that if somebody's heart stops beating, they can literally shock them and bring them back to life. Yeah. And you combine that with the, the Hollywood TV and movies that everybody's seen. I mean, who hasn't seen an episode of like the ER or Grey's Anatomy where somebody's right. car stops and they shock him and bring him back to life? And very, it's entertaining. It's it's fun to watch, but it's I think that kind of waters down our perspective on on this kind of story. Yeah. But the thing with this story is it's it is set back in the day. There's no there's none of this medical advanced stuff that is gonna bring somebody back to life. There's there's the great physician, there's Jesus. He's in the story. And Lazarus in this story, it's not like he flatlines for a couple minutes or a few seconds and then he's brought back to life. Like he straight up dies. Like he he's big dead. Like he is he's dead dead. Okay? He dies. He says that he's dead for four days before he's brought back to life. Okay? So if y'all don't mind, I want to start at the beginning of this. The story in the scripture and, uh, and kind of break it down as we go along because I think that uh, we can all relate to this story in our own personal journeys that we're on. Yeah. So I'll start by reading uh, from John chapter 11, 1 through 6. It says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, in the village of Mary and his sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, but when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and, and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. I'm going to stop right there because. First of all, he stayed two days longer 
where he was. Like two whole days after somebody just told him that his homie, his friend, was sick and about to die. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I was just told that somebody that I love is basically on their deathbed, I'm kind of dropping everything that I'm doing and I'm, right. I'm getting there as fast as I can, right? Yeah. I'm getting there because I don't know how much time I have left to see that person alive, yeah. right? right? And I think that's a very, a very natural response for humans, but that's not, that's not God's response. That's not right. the response that Jesus has here. Right. Because he knows that he controls the situation. And I think sometimes, sometimes we have to put aside those, those human feelings um, that we get in, in certain situations. We need to have that faith in him yeah. that Jesus has in this, in this instance. He has faith that he is still in control. Yeah. Because when, when we are in a season of life that is hard and we feel trapped, like our current situation is, is never going to improve, Sometimes we have to take a step back and think about scripture and passages like this one. Because God's timing is not like our timing at all. It's, it's like this, there's an old joke that I've heard probably in middle school that is, I'm going to warn you, it's corny and pretty terrible. But it's this man is talking with God and he's asking him all these questions about life, right? So he asks him about, about time and he says, God, how... How long is a million years to you? And God says, it's like a second. When he's asked him all these other, other questions and he gets to the subject of money, and he's like, God, how much is a million dollars to you? And he says, oh, it's like a penny. So the, the man thinks for a second and says, well, can God have a penny? And God replies, yeah, just give me a second. Like, so it's, it's a stupid, stupid, corny joke, I understand. But the... Concept there, like if I'm being honest, like God's timing is always different than our own timing. That's just that's just a fact. We want the million dollars now, you know, like we want everything right now. We don't want to wait for His plan to to come through. And we can make all the plans that we want, but if we're truly going to follow Jesus, sometimes His plans are going to lead in a totally different direction. Yeah. And I know that can lead us to get frustrated sometimes, and I feel like He's abandon us and isn't really paying attention to us um, because we're not really getting like the results that we think we should be getting at the moment you know right. and I know that that can be really hard um, but when really in actuality he has a plan for our life that is going to bring him and us so much more glory than we could we could ever imagine that. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I just think that's that's incredible that he, the way that he sets things up that way. Yeah. And I think it's crazy how much he loves us as well, because in this situation, in situations in our life as well, he loves us as much as he loves Lazarus. Right. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah. it says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so he waited. And I think that's lost a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. He, so he waited. If he loves you the same way that he loves Lazarus, and he is a faithful God, don't you think that just because you may not be seeing the the blessings right now, that that might mean that he has something even better in store for you later on? Like that's, it's it's just crazy. Like the, maybe the the relationship that you thought was going to work didn't work out because he's got something better for you later on. The job that didn't come through 
didn't come through because he has something better for you later on. You know, the, maybe this, this season of waiting uncertainty that you're in is preparing you to appreciate the blessing on the other side yeah. and to give glory to God instead of relying on your own power. Yeah. Yeah. See, we, we have to look at these hard situations in our lives and God's perspective and his timing because it, it is completely different from our own. Uh, I'm going to continue reading here through the, uh, the book of John. Uh, verse 7 through 16 says, Then after this he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just seeking to stone you. And, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I will go awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go, that we may die with him. So I think that's more here for a second. Yeah, so Thomas says, Let us go, that we may die with him. See, Jesus wants to go back to Judea. He wants to go to Lazarus, where Lazarus is. He already knows he's dead, but he wants to go where he's, he's laid down to rest. And the disciples are, are really telling him, like, man, I don't think that we should go. Right. Really not a good idea. And if I'm being honest, if I was there, I'd probably have the same perspective. Like, yo, Jesus, like, we just were there, and there was a, a mob of people that wanted your head, dude. Like, yeah. probably not the best idea to travel back to the spot where there's a crowd that wants to kill you. Yeah. You know, like, we should probably just hang here. Yeah. But it's just like the, the painful seasons that we go through in our own lives. Jesus knows what the end result is going to be in this situation. Yeah. See, he says, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. See, he knows the time for his death hasn't come yet. Yeah. Right? He sees the whole picture when we can only see what's right in front of us. Yeah. Now, it's like if, you, if you're climbing up a mountain, all you can really see is, is the, the slope in front of you. All you can see is this hard climb in front of you. And Jesus, he sees the whole picture. He's, seeing, he's looking from up top, and he can see the view once you reach the top. Yeah. He can see the blessing that he has waiting for you on the other side of that. Yeah. If we choose to walk in the light, if we choose to walk with him. Yeah. And as I was reading that, I wondered how many of us if we were sitting with Jesus there, how many of us would be as bold as, as Thomas is right here? You know, because this is this happens to be the same Thomas who later on would be known as Doubting Thomas. Because after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, he doubts that Jesus resurrected. Which, don't get me started on that because that's insane after he sees what happens here. Don't get me started. But, that's the same guy. Right? So he kind of gets that, that bad rap and the that biblically is Doubting Thomas. But here in this in this piece of scripture, you know, we can 
we can really see kind of who Thomas is, kind of the the faith that that he has here, right? Um, because if, if we look at it, it says going back to Judea, that almost that means almost certain death for Jesus. Like he's going to be jailed and killed most likely. But Thomas, like he's he's showing his true nature here. And he's with Jesus to the end. He's ride or die with Jesus. He's right. he's in. So he's he's basically like, yo, if Jesus is going back to Judea and he's going to be killed, it's better that I go too and be killed with him if it's for the glory of God rather than turning my back on him. Yeah, you know, that's he's he's stepping up. And I know I think like sometimes with these passages, when we read that, it's kind of like, wow, like that's that's really intense. You know, like I don't know if I have what it takes to be like Jesus follower if like that's what it means. Like he's going to with Jesus to his death. Um it's it's kind of it's kind of a scary spot to, to look at and be in. But as I was thinking about that, well, what what if what God is looking for from us is only that we're actually willing to step into that place of sacrifice and discomfort? Right. You know, what if we're actually willing to go there? Because Jesus knew that no harm would come to him. Right. He knew that no harm would come to him because it wasn't his time to go to the cross yet. Yeah. But by Thomas simply being willing to step into that potential danger, he witnesses Jesus perform one of the greatest miracles ever seen on this planet. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I want to see some miracles in my own life. Yeah. Right? Like I, yeah. I assume everybody wants to see some miracles. Yeah. But for that to happen, it's going to take faith from me also. You know, I, I have to have the attitude that Thomas has here. Like, I, I want to be ride or die with Jesus no matter what he asks of me. Yeah. Knowing that he has a plan that will, again, far exceed my expectations every single time. And, okay, so we're going to continue reading here. Uh, Verse 17 through 37, I know it's a lot, but just stick with me. We'll move it through, all right? But it says, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she, sent, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house Consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was, she saw him, fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. 
Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? As a, as a follower of Jesus, I think that it's okay to have pretty frank conversations with our Lord. I think that it's okay to express our frustration of things that are going on in our lives. See, Martha and Mary both say the same thing to Jesus when they see him. They both say, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's literally what they both say to him. Like, dude, what, like, what the heck took you so long? Like, if you would have been here, he would still be alive. Like, I told you days ago that he was sick. Why didn't you get here sooner? Right. You know, and it's like our own lives. Like, I've been waiting for my dream job for three years now. Like, what is taking so long? Right. You know, I've been single for four years now. I've been faithful to you. Where is my wife at? Where is my husband at? Yeah. You know, like, well, why, why do I have to keep waiting here? You know, like it, it's okay to express to God how we are feeling. But notice how Martha follows up that statement. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Yeah. You know? So even, even when I'm frustrated and don't understand like what, what's going on in my life, where my life is heading, you know, I know that God knows the desires of my heart because yeah. he's placed them. He yeah. put those desires in my heart. Jesus sees us when we're hurting and in pain. He feels the sorrows that we feel. But the, the really awesome thing is that he doesn't just leave us in those sorrows. You know, if we choose to follow him, he doesn't leave us there. The, the plan that God has for your life is set up to bring him glory. Whether it's, it's waiting for your dream house or your dream spouse or your dream job. You know, it's, it's always better in God's timing. Always. Now, if the plan that I had for my life went exactly how I wanted it to go, I would I wouldn't have anything to praise God for. I'd be pretty bummed out because everything that He has for me exceeds my expectations on what my life should have looked like every time. And I just it's it's just crazy. Like uh, so I just I want to give Him some praise like all the time for the stuff that shows up when it's like I didn't expect I expected this. And it didn't happen, and I was super disappointed. And then a little bit later on, it's like instead of being here, it's here. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah. no there's no comparison to what he has for us in that in those yeah, situations. Sure. I'm gonna finish reading up the, the passage here, uh, verse 38 through 44. But it says, Then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When When he had said these things, cried out in a, in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Jesus is still in the business of resurrection even today. Yeah. And I think in these seasons that we're in in our lives sometimes, you know, 
God is calling to us, Scott, come out. Raise your hand, come out. He's he's calling to us. But it requires us to remain strong in in our faith and hold on to that belief. As as they were rolling the stone away, Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Sometimes the way out of a hard hard season looks so improbable. you know, God oftentimes will have an answer for our situation that is so unlikely, so far out of left field, that the only thing we can do when we get that answer is, is to give him praise and glory. Yeah. You know, Jesus very easily could have healed Lazarus while he was sick. He could have healed him before, before he died, before they even sent to Jesus telling him that Lazarus was ill. He could have healed him. You know, he could have snapped his fingers like he's wearing that Fendi gauntlet. <laughs> but he could have snapped his fingers, and Lazarus would have been back up on his feet, running around like nothing ever happened. Right. And everybody that saw that would have just thought, that's just like anybody else who got sick and then recovered and their bodies back to normal. No big deal. Right? But that's not what happened. He waited. He waited until from the situation, glory will be brought to the Lord. You know, if, if he had healed Lazarus right away, like I said, like it, it's just like every other person. If he had given, if he had given me the, the job and the house and the car right out of the gate, you know what probably happens? My head is probably the size of this room. Yes. It's, it's probably look what I did, look what Scott did. Right, right. You know, I, I created all this wealth. I create, I did all this on my own. Yeah. You know, there's no room for me to appreciate what God has ever done for me. And I think it's so easy for us as humans to get caught up in that material success and the earthly success. Yeah. Um, but instead, like that's that's not how my life has played out really at all. You know, it's it's in situations where it's delayed and then God comes through and I know it's God. So I have to give him that glory and that, that praise. Uh worship team, you guys can you guys can kind of make your way back up. Uh but kind of leading coming off of that, when, when Matt asked me to preach on this series, Dead or Alive, and he told me what what the, what the series was about, about God resurrecting things and situations in our life, I couldn't help but think about my own life up to this point and the things that God has done for me. <sighs> because the fact that I'm even standing up here talking to you guys right now is a testament to God resurrecting situations in my life. About about five years ago, I went through the hardest situation I've ever gone through in my life. Um, The woman that I had been married to for three years decided that she no longer wanted to be married, and we ended up getting divorced. And it was the lowest point that I have ever been in my entire life. And for about a year, uh, roughly, I kind of wandered aimlessly around with no purpose. Um, I wasn't seeking God or anything that He may have for me at all. That was just—I was—I was lost. And I, I eventually came to that realization after some time that, that I was lost. I—I I didn't know what I was doing. So I decided that I needed to rediscover who who I am, and not not who I am when I'm pursuing money and women and all these earthly things that have led me nowhere but to being a guy who was stuck in a deep depression. That's not that's not who I was. Now, I had to figure out, I had to rediscover who I am in Christ. I had to, I had to really find out who God says that I am. 
So, so I did. I, I really dove into scripture and reading my Bible, and then being around people that are like-minded and really following Jesus. And I can honestly say, from from that time until now, I just have to give God the glory for for where He's brought me. Because yeah. um, now I'm I'm engaged to a, an amazing. A uh, woman of God who has helped me redefine what a healthy relationship looks like. Yeah. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. And never in a million years did I ever think that I would have the opportunity to stand up in front of a family that this church is and deliver God's message. Yeah. Because I, I didn't think that I was ever worthy of that. Yeah. But the praise goes to God because he has brought me from that place to this place. Yeah. Is, is that all I had to do? All I had to do was believe in Jesus. You know, it wasn't by any of my own power. All I had to do was believe that He still had more in store for me. He still had a plan for my life, yeah. and He delivered on His promise beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah. You because know, even even when times are hard, God is still in control. You know, it's just I just think about like like guys, the story of Lazarus doesn't end with death. It ends with resurrected life. Yeah. You know, the, the story of, of Matt, the story of Rusty, the story of Zach, it, none of those end with death. The story of anybody in this room, the story of anybody on this planet, doesn't end with death. It ends with resurrected life. Yeah. If we simply believe and confess with our lips that he is Lord, yeah. he gives us new life. Yeah. And Jesus says it pretty clear. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Yeah. So no matter the situation, God triumphs always. Yeah. Even in death, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God's plan always wins. Yeah. Story. With every head bowed, I close this place. massive mistake after a fantastic message like that of hope and of resurrection about a story not being over to not offer you an opportunity at that resurrection life that Scott was preaching about I don't know where you're at in your story but I am convinced, I am emphatically convinced after what Scott just got done preaching from the Word of God that no matter where your story has been or where you find yourself at today, what chapter you're in, where your bookmark has been resting, I am convinced that right now your story is not over. So right now with every head bowed and eye closed, If you're in this place and you don't know the Jesus that resurrected Lazarus, you don't know the Jesus that resurrected himself, you don't know that God yet. Maybe you heard about him, maybe you've driven past the church that had a nice sign that was cheesy and said something great about him, or maybe you just grew up in West Michigan so he's kind of always been around but you're not familiar with him. You don't 
know him. You're not family with him yet. And I want to give you that opportunity to do so. So right now, where you are, there's nobody looking around. There's nobody judging. This is a fresh start in your story. This is a sequel. It is not done. The best is still yet to come. So if that's you, on the count of three, and you want to meet this Jesus for the first time or the first for real time, just put your hand up just high enough and long enough just so I can see it. And you can put it right back down on three. One, two, three. Message later on the week out. We just thank you for those souls and those lives. 
and those hearts and those dreams, those marriages, those relationships that are being resurrected right now under the sound of my voice. God, I just thank you by the authority given to us in heaven, God, that we get to say yes and amen in Christ Jesus. With a faith-filled church, just lift up a shout of praise 